Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Robinson. I'm back from my house move. I'm joined as always by Ashley Priest. Ash, how are you, mate? We're all right, yeah, just getting over the, the Southampton trip. Tri- um, or tapping away until three in the morning, so to get the Villa fans what they want and, and the content more. So yeah, nice. yeah, catching up on sleep and back in it today, back in action today, and um, quick turnaround, isn't it? West Ham Wednesday, so mm. watch your deadline day today. So we'll, we'll catch up on that. Yeah, so yeah, I'm well, mate. All good. Villa rocking oh, and rolling again. So back to winning ways. So good start to the week. Yeah, we're also nine hours into a 12-hour shift at the moment, so um, bear with us if there's any, any little errors here. There's still three hours to go yet. For those watching live on Facebook, if you're watching this not live, this has come out on uh, Tuesday morning, uh, so 2nd of February. The deadline is now closed as you're watching this, but for those watching live, it's only quarter past nine, as you can see over Rush's uh, left shoulder there. Oh, so the deadline isn't... Oh, <laughs> Deadline isn't officially closed yet, but it's expected that Villa aren't going to bring anybody in at this hour. There's no kind of murmurings. You know, last year you were thinking, oh, Tom Carroll might happen or whatever, and it's then it suddenly happens out of nowhere. There's no murmurings at this point, so it's unlikely Villa would bring anybody in. Possibly some outs might be finalised in the next hour or so, but again, we're not going to jump on for a podcast if somebody leaves on loan, for example. So this is a little bit of a roundup for where we are as it stands at nine o'clock on Monday. Um, Morgan Sanson, the only player in to the door for, for January this year for Villa. Uh, didn't come on against Southampton, so we get to see the, the impact that he's going to make. But also, you know, one to kind of settle in over the next few weeks and months and he's not going to come in and, and be starting 90 minutes straight away regardless. So we'll get into the, the nuts and bolts of the, the specifics of the transfers in a moment. But first, Ash, how do you kind of assess the window so far? Are you disappointed that we've not made any more signings than, than Sanson or, or are you happy with what we've got? No, I'm very happy. Very pragmatic approach, I'd say. Um, obviously, Conor Horahan left, didn't he? And that started the, the domino effect, as it were. So, yeah. and Villa, Villa, Villa sounded out Morgan Sanson back in December. So, I've got a sneaky feeling Horahan perhaps knocked on Smith's door uh, weeks ago when... Uh, he was probably out of the team for Jacob Ramsey. And so mm-hmm. the Sanson deal was bubbling away for weeks on end. And obviously Villa were turned away with bids. And they managed to shake a deal in the end of £14 million, perhaps rising to 15 and a half. So a good value deal. That was the key from Smith's um, take from that, good value. And the, 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 the strike while the iron was hot. They're getting a, a player with proven pedigree, real technician, Champions League, Marseille as well. The, 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 the demands... There, put on him by the fans as well. So he's a big, 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 big time player. Very, very good piece of business that one. Obviously, yet to see him yet. So proof of being the pudding. But assessing the window, as it were, the winter window is never ordeal. Um, it's a tough, mm. tough one to crack, as Villa found out last year um, with, with their business there, getting Boya Baston in. So we've come a long way since then, and I think um, we're in much better shape now. Hence, where they are in the table, eighth. Mm. Um, you know I mean, three points off, off fifths and flying high and back to winning ways. And I think the squad did a piece on the squad today. The depth's brilliant for me. 
okay, there's possibly question marks at left back with, with Neil Taylor and backing up Matt Targeting. Obviously, the fans are coming in in their drives here in the comments saying we should have had a striker. But it'll be Ali Watkins all the way. He's robust enough. He's going to play every game, um, regardless of form. He's going to get his goals as well. Eight goals from 19 games, one in two, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Should have had a lot more since then as well. So Smith's going to stick with him. He'll have Keenan Davis on the bench. I don't know what fans are thinking about. Should, should, should Villa move for another striker? For me, I think it's a, the market's not there to do that. The pool's very small as it is. Yeah. Would you have taken the Diego Costa, um, the cost he, he demanded, or Josh King reported 125 grand a week? No, you wouldn't have. So, yeah, I think Villa are boxing clever here. They're not panicking. They've got a settled squad, a good squad, and a, a real united squad as well, given the performance in Southampton. So, I'm happy, Dan. I don't know what fans are thinking, but I'm, 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 I'm more than happy. We've mentioned loads yeah. of times, Ash, in the, in the ones that we've done about January never being a great window to buy. It's all about fixing little minor problems rather than major surgery, which is totally fine by me. I would rather do no business at all than a Danny Drinkwater on loan and a Borgia Baston that features for 20 minutes yeah. or whatever it was. Like, what's the point? It's not it's worth true, it, is yeah. it? The, no. the deal has got to be right for Villa. We're not desperate for it at the moment. Um, yes, like you said, if Watkins gets injured, it leaves us light. But Wesley's coming back in the next few weeks or months. He'll be like a new signing. Technically, he's not played for over a year. And he yeah. was a new signing anyway. We only saw him for, what, 19 games or so. You've got Keenan Davis, who can offer a job. Yes, he's not a, He's not going to score 20 goals a season, but he offers something to a squad. And, there's, you know, he's yeah. still around here. He's been here for a few managers. They obviously see something in him. And then you've got the likes of Lou Barry on the fringes as well, if you got absolutely desperate. And we were saying just off air that you've got Traoré, Ray, El Ghazi, and even Grealish could play as a, as a false nine if you were really seriously desperate. If you you know if you had no options whatsoever, I would rather that than go for a Josh King, like some of the comments are saying, and he wants 120 grand a week for a championship player that's not even performing in the championship. That's a mm. panic buy for somebody who's, yeah. who's threatened at the bottom of the bottom of the Premier League, you know, an Albion or somebody like that, not for Villa. Pushing for Europe, Josh King isn't going to make the difference. He'll sit on the bench, and if Ollie Watkins bangs in another fifteen, we're paying one hundred and twenty grand a week, and he'll never feature. Yeah, unless you, I think you only sign a player for that money if he's going to come in and make a difference, and he's not going to oust Watkins from the side. We're not going to change for two two up front. So you just have to hope that Watkins is is strong enough, or doesn't or doesn't um, get a freak injury like the Wesley one, because there's a couple of people saying he doesn't look like the player that picks up injuries, but the you know a bad tackle can happen to anybody. So Friday, none of that happens. Then Watkins will play every single game and probably score close to 20 goals. Um, (laughs) Did you miss this there? Um, But yeah, you mentioned Diego Costa, a six-month deal. It's not the character, is it? We heard a lot from Dean Smith about the character of the side and building, you know, building a side of good personalities. And I mean, I'm sure Diego Costa is a lovely bloke in reality, but as a footballer, he's a bit of a a word I can't say probably, but you know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't fit the mould. So I, I feel like Villa would have been desperate if they'd have signed a striker. If there's a right deal, I think the Sanson deal is probably a perfect example of it, it was a good player for a good price and that makes yes. sense to do it as a deal. 30 million they wanted last year. It's half that cost now at 15 million or 14 and a half. Yeah. Champions League pedigree, good age, but it replaces Harahan, who wasn't yeah. playing either. So you're already yeah. upgrading him. A little bit sad to see Harahan go, as I said on Twitter, the day he left, but it's football, isn't it? It's not a sentimental business. So He's loving it as well, Harahan. He's already scored too, so he's playing football. Yeah. Um, great to see. So Swansea picked up a hell of a player there. So yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with Connor. Um, deserves to be out playing every week. Yeah, what a great servant he's been, by the way. Um, oh yeah, yeah one and a half just, million. Yeah, bargain. Just circumstance, and he's enjoying his football again. 
What do you think um, of Gilbert? Because oh, I've been, Gilbert. for those that don't know, somebody had, did notice in the comments I'm in a different place. I'm in a new house now, so eagle-eyed, whoever that was. So I've been, I had no internet for like two days. I've barely been checking my phone because I've been busy. I didn't see any of the Southampton game. I wasn't even aware that Gilbert had left on loan. It's probably terrible for a podcast host. Um, what do you feel about that? Because at one stage, looking at him going, obviously Matty Cash comes in this summer and he's obviously the, the first choice. But last year, there's moments with Gilbert where you think, oh, I really like him, good on the slide tackle, fights for the shirt good personality for who you want in the squad. Yeah. Probably to have good, probably be good backup to Matty Cash, but doesn't really feature and isn't happy to stick around, I want to have thought. So part of me feels like I appreciate that. Go elsewhere and play and hopefully he comes back in the summer because mm. Elmo's contract runs out, I think. But for now, it's six months that he's going to sit on the bench at Villa, so you might as well go. I've got yeah. I've got nothing against that personally and, and Villa don't really lose out because Matty Cash is outstanding and if the worst happens to him, then Elmo comes in at right back for a few games and we'd be semi-okay with that to be honest as well definitely yeah Gilbert just victim of circumstance another another good value deal Smith said asked, asked Smith about Gilbert on, on Saturday and he just said Matty Cash was there to be got at they got him um, from the championship and he's he's proved a class act hasn't he he's, I think mm. he, he's better on the ball Cashies um, than perhaps Gilbert yeah, I've been a fan of Gilbert since his arrival. Was it four and a half million quid? Bit of a bargain, to be honest. Um, his last last game that sticks out for me was Arsenal at home in Project Restart. He, he marked a Bamiang out the game, and mm. yeah, I thought he's been he had a decent year last year considering what what went on. Um, but yeah, proper defender, any Gilbert, give his all for the shirts. Really good character, and we'll see him back in the summer. We'll see how he gets on in Strasbourg. I'll be keeping an eye on him, see if he's playing games and getting the clean sheets and getting the plaudits over there. So. He'll be come back in the summer. I think he, he can um, give Cash some some real good competition at right back. But both quick, mm. quick, quick players, good in the tackle. So that's a good option to have for Villa. Um, yeah, with Almo's contracts, um, yeah, coming to an end. So that'll be assessed in the summer, and we'll we'll go from there. So yeah, you can't blame Gilbert for going out. Do I remember Gilbert playing some games at left back as well, either for us or the top team he was up previous? Well, it's it in there. I can't remember Target being out, out out for a while for that to happen. And Smith will always, always play tailoring. Um, yeah, maybe it, was quite, maybe it was where he was before. Yeah. I've just totally made up. But it just feels like if you've got Cash, Target, and then Gilbert, you back up to either side in an emergency. Um, we'll get some questions in the comments. Leon Bland says, Dan Ash, who realistically did we go for in the summer? positions or players that you want in now when people ask for players I, I always just have a brain freeze and can't think of a single footballer that I, that I like um positions I suppose that's an easier thing to answer striker mm. is probably where you assess that in summer what was Wesley's uh, comeback like yeah, in February yeah, yeah. March April whenever he comes back if he looks nowhere near it you've got to sign a striker in summer where Villa finish is also a determining factor if they get into Europe is Ollie Watkins even the man to start up front or are you going bigger than him so it's difficult to say, oh, we need this because we don't know where Villa are going to end up yet. Um, but kind of generic position-wise, I think possibly a centre-half. You maybe need to upgrade. Um, I'll, I would argue at one point I would have said left-back here, but Matty Target has been excellent this season as well. And I don't mm. think you're going to get much of an upgrade on him unless you go and spend 40, 50 million. Mm. Um, possibly a fielder, depending on what happens with Barkley and, and Douglas Louise, whether, whether they go to Man City or Chelsea. Mm. And then obviously you, the age-old question is going to rear its ugly head every single transfer window, and that's whether Jack Grealish is still here or not. And I firmly believe he still would be here if Villa were pushing for promote, um, for top six or were in the top six. But obviously, again, if, if he was to leave, that would be a position you need to fill as well. So I don't look at our side anymore and think, oh, 
that's a weak spot we need to fix or I'm not quite sure on him. I think the whole first 11, arguably maybe a winger, the whole first 11 is something that I look at when the team sheet comes out an hour before kickoff. And I'm like, yeah, happy with that, solid all over. Not not quite the depth on, on the bench and the quality there, but that's something that improves over time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, as for what, what they'll address in the summer, Villa could have a potentially £50, 50 million pound strike force on their hands with Wesley and Watkins, don't forget. Mm. So they're going to give up on Wesley just yet. £22 million pound addition. Um, hoping to get him back as soon as possible. But long old injury, that one. Um, so, yeah, I think that perhaps look at a strike. I think I'd assess Davis's situation in the summer. I'd like to see him get some regular run of games in the championship. So, yeah, he could do he could do do the loan move perhaps. But other positions you mentioned, obviously Neil Taylor, his contract's coming up to an end. So, I think Matt Target needs some competition to keep his form up and performances up. So, yeah, a young, young left back who's not playing elsewhere, someone like Brandon Williams at Man United or something like that, um, to come in at left back and push Target really. Because I say you get your best out of players, the competition is there. So, yeah, I think obviously the Barkley question we asked. As well, I spoke to Chelsea reporter Sam Incasol today, just for a lowdown on Thomas Tuchel, how he's been getting on, and he, he's been bringing players in from the cold, so he wants he's give everyone a clean clean slate at Chelsea. So he, he'll have a discussion with Barclay once his loan, loan finishes, and likewise Villa with Ross as well. I'll speak to mm. him, see how his loan move goes. I want to see him be injury free now from now, now until May. Obviously, sixty day layoff that's affected him. Mm. He, he, uh, been off the pace previous games but he came back with the bank at Southampton got his goal and looked well so yeah I think Villa will ask the Barkley question we'll see what the situation is in the summer Stryker you mentioned Watkins Wesley Davies are the only three senior ones there so I think yeah they look at bringing a striker in but it all depends on where they're finishing the table yeah um, I can see him. I can see him giving the top six a good go perhaps top top eight more realistic but yeah they're on, they're on fire Um Addressing the squad, Bjorn Engels, he ain't kicked the ball in almost a year now, so I don't know where he's at fitness wise or whatever. But obviously, cons are all the way, isn't it? They've been outstanding this season for me. So, yeah, little fine tweaks, but we'll, we'll see how it goes over the next next 19 games and see where they're at. But I think mm-hmm. they're in a really healthy, healthy position um, today and moving forward. So, yeah, really pleased with how the squad's shaping up. And yeah, got some youngsters to come through as well. So yeah, happy days. I don't know what the, the fans are saying there. Well, we'll come on to those nineteen games in a moment. Um, just to clarify the Gilbert thing, Baz Wilk says Gilbert played left back in a cup match and scored. That was against Crew. Um, so yeah, I hadn't made it up, which is rare. I actually got something right. Um, so yeah, at a push. You'd have him back up left back as well. Um, there's a couple of shouts for uh, Jordan and Marvy, um, Rico Henry. So mm. a few people asking for, for left back. Um, yeah. Edward as a striker, also as an option that you maybe go in and look for again in the summer. But again, it, it's weird to, I mean, in a transfer window as it ends, everyone goes, oh, this one's ended. What has happened in the next one? What do we yeah. need to do in the summer? That'll be the question that people are, are asking after this. You, we're not going to know until we know where Villa finish because they've, their business will be very different whether they finish in the top six or not. Now, a year ago, this would have been very different if it was even going to be in the Premier League or not to what their business was going to be like. So if they'll make it into the top six, I think they'll spend big in a few areas just to improve the overall quality of the squad again. If Villa finish, say, 10th, I think they'll make a few minor tweaks throughout to try and push them onto that next step. But if, like I said, if Villa do get into that top six or even or better, they will go out and spend a massive amount on, on a couple of players here and there. 
um, whether that's a striker or whatever it remains to be seen. Um, any more questions before we go for the live element of this podcast? Um, what do you think about the wingers, Ash? Wingers, some, yeah, interesting. Is that somewhere we could have improved? Because obviously Jack plays out on that left side now. So you've got El Ghazi, Traore and, and Trezeguet as your three options competing for one space, basically, mm. unless Jack, Jack plays inside and one of them else yeah. plays on the left. Right. Um, although I don't see that happening. So is, is that, I mean, that sounds like a good depth there with three players that are all competing for it. But is that does that make sense? Or is that an area that can be improved in the summer, do you think? It's interesting, isn't it? Obviously, Torre's um, four goals in the last six games or the last seven games. So I think so. He's been he's been informing. Smith Smith was bigging him up as well after Southampton with his work rate. Right? So he's, he's, a, he's a, still adjusting to the Premier League. He's Torre work work ethic wise, and it's, it's not all about with the ball. Do you know what I mean? It's without the ball as well, you've got to help cash out behind you, um, and he's starting to do mm. that now. Yeah, so he's adapted quite well. Uh, Al Ghazi, he should find himself quite unlucky to be out of the team. To be fair. Five in five, he scored. He was up for Player of the Month um, December. Yeah. Um, he was at the team again for Chore. So, yeah. Harsh game, isn't it, football? <laughs> brutal, brutal game. So, he's twiddling his thumbs on the bench now. He's probably scoring five. I think he might be the uh, third highest goal scorer. Um, and then Trezeguet, forgotten man almost. Mm. Um, hasn't featured in the last seven or eight games since West Ham. And he's, he's hamstring and COVID and whatnot. So, it's hard. To, it's easy to forget as well. Trezeguet was the the number one starter at the start of the season, wasn't he, on the right? Yeah, yeah. yeah work rate's so highly valued. Go-to man. So, yeah, it's good options to have from now until May. And then um, it'd be up to Villa to sit down. Sporting director, Johan Lange, will sit down and assess, do, do we want these lads here? Are they good mm. enough to kick Villa onto a new level? And um, it's up to them to take the shirt now and take the, take the chance while they can. Um Villa mean business. I've mentioned this now. Um, there's no going back. There's no more relegation battles now. I firmly believe that the way they're going. So, I hope so. Next destination's Europe for me, and now they look to the summer again to bolster once more. And Nasif, Suarez, and Wesley will give, give Smith the cash. Make no mistake about that. So, yeah, Villa onto big things here, and yeah, it's up to the players now to warrant their place in this Villa squad because. Smith don't take no prisoners with, with his selection and his lack of substitutes, does he? He's, he's sticking to mm. his guns and the 11 that start, the 11 that deserve it. So it's up to the players to, to take the chance when, 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 they, when they get it. There's a question here from Phil Curley. He says, is Milo Rashica still available? What happened with that? That was the go-to, wasn't it, in the summer? And it's like, oh, maybe in January we'll go back in for him and not out a peak from that all, all just January. Uh, just agents and whatnot, that was just the total, total merry-go-round, to be honest. <laughs> Um, yeah, Villa did look at him and just 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 murmurings back and forth over in Germany. He went on strike, didn't he? And what? Yeah, just a story that's gone on and on and on. So mm. yeah, I'd like to speak to Smith one day. Did you did you actually go in from me that machine? Just to just to put the nip it in the bud. But yeah, he's a name that's always been mentioned. But Villa, Villa got Bertrand Troy in the end. So similar kind of player. So yeah, he's done well. Uh, another one that went out the door over the weekend that I almost missed but did see it was uh, Henry Lansbury, which was a, a mutual termination in the end. And then a few minutes yeah. later, I saw that he popped up in a Bristol City jacket looking he's on like a throne or something. He's like yeah, sat yeah, in his really yeah. nice cloth chair. Good looking man. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's an attractive man, isn't he? Uh, I've also yeah. had Ollie Nealon that obviously left uh, as a free agent. He went to Norwich. I think that was yeah. today. Fair um, Bit of a weird one from Norwich, that to be fair, but yeah, fair play to to, to Orient. Um, Phil also said I'd take Neto from Wolves. Yeah, I also would take Neto. It's an interesting one, really, with Wolves because 
now they're not as good as they once were and Villa are kind of back on top dogs. Oh, They've got yeah. a lot of, of good players that you'd look at and go, well, they might not be at all so much longer. They might have to go off to a Man United or a Chelsea or whatever, or Spurs. Maybe that's yeah. Villa now. Maybe it's Villa yeah. going in for a Ruben Neves or a Pedro Neto or whoever, putting a cheeky bid in for our, our Midlands rivals. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Might the tables have turned, hasn't it? I mean, this time yeah. last year, Wolves are high, flying high in Europe. Um, yeah. Wolves fans abroad singing about the villa, um, mind the gap and all that. And boom, <laughs> it's changed in a heartbeat, hasn't it? So yeah. be careful. We saw there, just football could change so quickly. It's all rosy at Villa Park now and been a bit of dis- disarray at Wolves. So Hopefully, just, it's not one having this conversation again in a year's time. Just goes to show how cricket can change. <laughs> okay, so my final point for this, this little short January podcast. Um, thanks everyone who's watched live on Facebook by the way who've uh, helped kind of guide the conversation which we, we love to see yeah nice one is the squad overall and again this is one for the Facebook comments I'd, I want to know whether we're happy with the squad that we've got going into this next 19 games depending on what your expectations are for Villa if you think they can seriously get into a challenge for the top six I'm a little bit concerned that we're probably a little bit short in terms of depth for that challenge because we've got to do well I haven't said that all we've probably got to do and I know this is simplifying it a bit is what we've just done in the first half, do the same again. <laughs> and the results haven't all been brilliant. It's not like we've won 15 games out of 19. It's, oh, we'll just do that again, and it's an impossible feat. We've had defeats in there. We've had silly points that we've dropped. We've had things go against us. So it's not impossible that Villa do the same again in the second half of the season and and mount a challenge of what, high 60s, low 70s points, and you see us looking at a top six, top five finish at that stage, possibly mm. even higher, depending on what the league's like. So I think if we're trying to mount that, this squad might be a bit too weak to to gain 70 points in a season. It depends on fitness, freak injuries, things like that. If that does happen, the the, yeah. the depth behind the first 11 isn't quite there. If your expectation is 8th to 10th, I think Villa can probably not coast towards that, but I think they're good enough to just win enough games to get to that points total of high 50s, low 60s. Um, so are we happy with the squad? where we are and what we're going for at the midway point how do we assess it what's your target for the rest of the season Ash and where do you think we'll finish Villa have won 10 games out of 19 that's some doing um, and they should have won more as well but Burnley sticks out like a sore thumb hmm. so perhaps the points tally for me is probably done them down a bit to be honest it should yeah, be more. I agree yeah. so if that, with that said they're on, they're on to an absolute stormer so Games are coming thick and fast after that COVID break, haven't they? And they've got West Ham mm. Wednesday. Obviously, they flew down to South... Well, they had Burnley last week. Flew down to Southampton, come back. West Ham at Villa Park on Wednesday. And then it's quick turnaround for Arsenal again on um, on Saturday in the early kickoff. Mm. So, two sides in and around Villa there. Um, Villa, just three three points off West Ham in fifth with two games in hand on West Ham. So, Villa, Villa will start to look up. Um yeah, I mean, ten, winning 10 games out of 19 is, is some doing, to be honest with you. And like I mentioned earlier, only Liverpool and Man City have had a better um, average goals for ratio. So, they're on to a winner. And obviously, everyone knows the defensive exports this season. 10 clean sheets as well. Yeah. Just bodes well. Um, maybe they need to see out games more like, and look at that Burnley result. Just I don't know how they lost that game, to be honest. And they'll be kicking themselves off of that. But, the bounce back straight away, and when you lose a game, it's, it's, it's important to bounce back with the win straight away and get back on that little little mini run of form. So, for me, I think top eight surely with this squad, um, knocking on that European door. So, it's going to be an exciting ride um, for me from now until May, and I'm, I'm backing the lads to do. It. I really am. 
I've seen enough. So, yeah, I think Villa fans have been right to uh, dream a little, uh, <laughs> knock on the European places, the way they're going. So, yeah, I'm glass I'm half full, man, and I think they can do it. Yeah, oh, I totally agree, mate. There's a comment from Ray who says, would Europe be even good for us with the amount of games and not having enough depth? Now, good question. obviously, we cover... And the company covers different clubs and I've been doing a few podcasts there for Deadline Day and people talking about Nottingham Forest and Derby and, and Stoke. Oh, if Stoke got promoted, would they be good enough to get back in? Would they be good enough to survive in the Premier League? To me, that's always been like a, a weird hypothetical question as if like there's no summer transfer window. Like, yes, the villa of the uh, 1st of February wouldn't be good enough for, for Europe because we aren't deep enough. But if we got into the top six, we would sign another five, six, seven players and all of a sudden you have got the squad depth. So that becomes a bit of a moot point to say, oh, well, we're, the squad's not big enough because it, it would be if you qualify. Um, it's it's going to be difficult because Wolves were very good for two or three years and they never managed to, to quite get into that top six. Uh, they finished seventh and then got into Europe yeah. with the FA Cup or whatever it was. So it can, it can be done and it's not an impossible feat. It's mad because this time, well, not this time last year, but at the end of last season, you were thinking, well, if we get well, 16th, 15th, maybe 14th, that'll be a good season, I'll take it. Whereas now, if you said, oh, Ash, if you finish 15th, would you be happy with that? You'd be going, no, that's a massive disappointment because yeah. we're, we're, we're three points off fifth in, at the halfway point. Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to actually break into that top six and get into Europe. I think if we finished ninth or above, I'd still class that as a very good season because we've still not really been hit with any major injuries. The odd suspension here and there, but nothing to to throw us off too much. You know, if Emmy Martin has got injured, for example, or Ollie Watkins, you'd be or Grealish, obviously, you'd be in serious, serious trouble. But that's a again an obvious point because anyone who loses their best player, like Jimenez and Wolves, that's obviously going to make a massive impact, isn't it? So if Villa stay injury free, I don't see their form dropping off in terms of they'll just suddenly go to part and start playing ball. They're, they're clearly very rigid and structured. They know what their jobs are and they're good yeah. at it. The only thing that will derive with a season is, is injuries or or you know a lengthy suspension or something similar. If that doesn't happen, it's possible Villa will get into Europe if seventh place does it as well with the, yeah. whoever wins the, the cup. Um, but I just don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, of course we'll do it because that's silly. But I'm also realistic to think that, yeah, this is a, a possibility. And when we first started the, the podcast this season, we were looking at it going, oh, we've only played five games. Or, when we've played 10, when we've played 15, when we've played 20, we'll assess it then. We're at the halfway point now and we're in serious contention of getting into Europe next season. So, yeah, all aboard the, the European bus. I'm, I'm all for it. Let's just, again, take it a couple of games at a time. Like you said, West Ham and Arsenal up next are massive. If you get yeah. four points there or, or six, then, yeah, top six is absolutely on there. If you lose them both, you'd start to thinking, OK, maybe there's a few cracks in this Villa side and maybe they won't quite do it. But long way to go yet. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that it, we're in for an exciting end to the season and, and I'm really looking forward to the, the remaining half. So yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks for those watching this on YouTube uh, on on Tuesday morning, or if you listen to this as a podcast, then then leave an iTunes review. Get involved in the comment sections and share the podcast. We we do appreciate it. We'll be back again on Wednesday night for a post match review of the West Ham game, and then again Saturday, like you said, Ash. The games just keep coming, so the podcast keep coming too. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining me. This is late evening, only a couple of hours to go, and we can go to bed. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.